there's a proverb that roughly translates, knowledge is power. Simply put, the more you know, the more empowered and confident you are to plan and take action to reach your goals. And in this case, your real estate investing goals. When I was a kid learning tennis, my mom would always say, you're not moving, you're not moving, you're not moving your feet. And I would be so upset because I, yes, I'm moving, I'm running, look, I can get the ball. But the other day when I was playing with a group of friends, I realized she was right. I wasn't moving. And that realization and me just taking the time to adjust, she'd always say, do little micro movements with your feet. And I started doing that and I was more prepared and I was more confident and I was able to respond to shots, get to drop shots that I normally wouldn't have gotten to and actually play with much more confidence and assurance. In fact, someone who beat me earlier in the season, I was able to win 6-1, 6-1 in a decisive match. Again, that's where knowledge is power and actually taking in that knowledge and doing something with it. You're listening to Real Estate with Nicole. In today's episode, I'll be providing you with highlights of the home buying process specific to residential resale, particularly the step-by-step purchasing pathway investors can expect with a real estate purchase. Making an investment in real estate, whether a home or for building your investment portfolio, can be a daunting process. It's not something you do every day, but following a step-by-step game plan will help you understand what to expect from the initial consultation all the way through to the closing of your home or investment property. Let's get started. The initial appointment is one of the most important meetings in the home buying real estate investing process. The first step before any services can be provided to you is to review the elements of working with a realtor and any associated information guides so you gain an understanding of what to expect. This process is necessary to protect you and is mandated by the Real Estate Council of Ontario, or RICO. RICO is mandated to protect the public interest by promoting fair, safe, and informed marketplace by administering and enforcing rules that real estate salespeople, brokers, and brokerages must follow. After the initial appointment, The next step is to determine your purchasing parameters. These criteria, along with your needs and wants, will determine the properties you will search for in your initial view. This discussion continues and is revisited along the entire purchasing pathway. Your needs and wants will help form the basis of your real estate action plan. There are three criteria buyers use to find the right investment. These criteria or purchasing parameters include the scope, the cost, and timelines. Scope includes things like your goals, both your long-term and your short-term goals. 
the location of the property that you're looking for, the community, schools, whether it's close to public transportation or transportation highways, amenities, the style and the condition of the home that you're looking to purchase. Cost is associated with what's happening in your local real estate market. What are the conditions? Is it a buyer's market? Is it a seller's market? Also, what can you afford? What price point are you able to afford? This also includes economic conditions such as interest rates, as this will determine or help to determine what affordability is for your particular situation. With respect to timelines, you could be looking to purchase now, in six months, in two years, or based on the initial assessment, you may need to plan and prepare to purchase a property in the future. As with any plan, circumstances may change and you may need to adjust one or more of your parameters that were discussed during the initial meeting. As such, constant two-way communication is critical to ensure everyone is on the same page. You need to be going in the same direction, going in the same speed, making sure that everybody is moving towards the same goal. Let me use the analogy of a GPS to that of the importance of a real estate action plan. You use a GPS to help you plan your trip to get to your desired destination. You use a GPS to help you plan your trip and get you to your desired destination efficiently. You look at the distance, you look at the time it takes, the stops you wanna make along the way, all those kinds of things. However, we are often faced with obstacles such as unexpected road closures, traffic accidents, traffic jams, or even at times um, your global positioning is off the mark. There could be a malfunction, the battery's drained, anything could happen. In these situations, you need to be able to make decisions based on the information you have at hand and pivot as necessary. Sometimes you know that the alternate route suggested by the GPS may not be the best and you decide to keep on the same path or it may be the best and you change your direction and you pivot. This is the same approach you will need to take as it relates to a real estate action plan. For real estate, some of the obstacles you face could include changes in the market from a buyer to a seller's market, your actual affordability based on um, an assessment with a mortgage broker, your family situations, things may occur where you may not have as much down payment as you originally thought. It could be interest rates and it could be factors within the economy. These are just a few of the obstacles that potentially you could face and could impact your real estate action plan. Now that you have a general idea of the importance of having a real estate action plan tailored to your goals, it's important to realize that you will need to include other professionals or trusted guides as part of your real estate investment team. A few common team members include a certified property inspector, a real estate lawyer, a mortgage specialist, or a mortgage broker. If you are adding to your real estate portfolio, you may also need to include a contractor or contractors, an accountant, financial advisors, 
However, this will depend on what your situation dictates. Episode four covers the real estate action plan in more detail. A real estate action plan, along with your team of professionals or trusted guides, will help you to gain a deeper understanding of the process and build confidence for you to make high quality and well-informed decisions. Having a plan helps you to engage with key team members early and helps you to be able to pivot in a dynamic real estate market to ensure that you are well positioned for your real estate investment. So you say to me, let's see some properties. Not so fast, hold on. Before you start viewing properties, it's important not to miss the next step and that's acquiring a pre-approval or an understanding of what you can afford. In my experience, viewing homes without a pre-approval usually leads to disappointment. A mortgage pre-approval provides an opportunity for you to not just understand what you qualify for, but ultimately will help you decide what you can afford. So how do I do that, you ask? Should I go to my bank or my mortgage broker? Who can help me with this? You may have a relationship with your bank or financial institution or a mortgage broker. A mortgage specialist at a financial institution typically has access to the products specific to the institution. A mortgage broker, on the other hand, uses the power of accessibility to help you um, arrange mortgage financing they have access to over 40 financial products from various financial institutions and they are remunerated only when your mortgage instrument is approved and final. They can also provide expert advice. They have experience working on a large volume of mortgages. They have follow-up and they provide you with choice. As I mentioned before, they have the power of accessibility. Mortgage brokers are also valuable team members to help you refine and execute your real estate action plan by providing you with guidance and recommendations. My recommendation, it's advisable to consult both a mortgage broker and a mortgage specialist at your financial institution. Many of my clients use this strategy. As a result, they were able to negotiate excellent financing options as their institution or bank wanted to keep the business. This is something I think you should keep in mind. Another item with regards to pre-approval is knowing your numbers. Knowing your numbers is not just about understanding down payment, credit score, or income. It's about also understanding whether or not you're eligible for a program such as a shared equity program. It also includes understanding the cost needed to close the transaction and making sure that these costs are accounted for in your assessment. Some of these costs include legal fees, real estate fees and applicable taxes, closing adjustments, moving costs, land transfer tax or taxes if you purchase a property in the municipality of Toronto, renovation and cleaning expenses. These are just a few of the items that are included in these costs. 
Once you know your numbers and determine what you can afford, you can then further refine your action plan. You may need to refine the parameters such as location, style of home, timelines, and specifically cost based on your assessment by your mortgage specialist or the mortgage broker. One advantage of having a mortgage pre-approval is that it greatly enhances your negotiating position. You will have more confidence when you identify the desired property that meets your refined parameters. For more details related to pre-approval and mortgage maze, refer to episode one and two. Now for the exciting part, viewing homes. The process of viewing homes provides you with information to make the best decision possible. Using your refined parameters and needs, we will select appropriate homes to view. One thing to keep in mind is viewing homes is a process of elimination, not selection. Viewing homes you don't like is not a waste of time. It helps build a frame of reference to help you find what you like. If you don't like a home, it's important to communicate the reasons as it helps to further refine what you are looking for and build a frame of reference to find what you like and what you can afford. As you view homes, your plan may be further refined based on your needs and your comments. My recommendation, find the best home possible, not the perfect home. A common mistake is trying to find the perfect home when the real estate market is telling you that it's not available. Two-way communication is a key to ensure your team is working towards a common objective. Be sure to always be communicating those wants and needs. Now it's time to write the contract once you've found that home that you like. The best way for you to prepare for the contract phase of the transaction as a buyer is to review a blank copy of the purchase contract. Reading the contract prior to making an offer will make you much more comfortable during the negotiation phase. In terms of things to look for or clauses to include, my recommendation, some typical additions to include in an offer are a time to arrange mortgage financing. This often includes a home appraisal requested from the financial institution. Another clause for condition is a satisfactory home inspection. If you are purchasing a condominium, another condition would be the satisfactory review of the status certificate report. Another typical clause to include is to allow up to three visits to the property prior to closing. This allows the potential for a property appraiser to come in, for a property inspection, and for a final walkthrough. Another thing to be mindful of in the offers is understanding what items are included or excluded from the sale of the property. Deposit money. A deposit communicates to the seller that you are serious about purchasing their property. Per regulations, your deposit money is kept in a real estate trust account until those funds are released and used to close the transaction or if the offer is not accepted within the set irrevocable period. As I mentioned before, including a condition for a home inspection is highly recommended. In this step, 
after the contract is fully accepted, a home inspection can be performed if allowed in the contract. This inspection allows for a more thorough look at the property and a greater understanding of the property you're purchasing. My recommendation, always attend the home inspection with a certified home inspector. Ask questions if you are unsure about something during the inspection. Active participation helps you to better understand the report you will receive shortly after the inspection. For more details regarding home inspections, listen to episode five, why home inspections are more than just a pass or fail. Once the home inspection is complete and satisfactory, we move along to the final walkthrough. On the final walkthrough, you will re-inspect the property to ensure it is in an acceptable condition and that any personal property conveying is present. My recommendation, perform a final walkthrough after the mortgage is approved. Next step, executing the closing documents. Once the contract is accepted, inspections performed and mortgage approved, the closing will be set and final documents will be executed. During this period, the real estate lawyer will be at work with searches stipulated by the agreement of purchase and sale. As an example, title search. You can listen to more details in episode eight, where a barrister and solicitor provides an excellent overview of key activity and things to expect. I mentioned earlier, closing adjustments were conducted by the real estate lawyer. These closing adjustments are calculated by the lawyers either the seller lawyer and the uh, buyer lawyer during the week prior to closing. These adjustments include paying off the existing mortgage as applicable, ensuring that any liens, if they exist, are discharged, ensuring uh, property taxes are up to date and prorated as needed, prorating and ensuring that hot water tank rentals, monitoring system rentals, condo fees, and real estate fees are dispersed and prorated as necessary. The finish line is in sight, home delivery. Upon conclusion of the paperwork and transfer of ownership, you'll receive the keys, garage door openers, any key fobs, and any relevant documents and warranties. You will then become the rightful owner. It's time to move in. Listen to episode three to learn about the journey of a first-time investor. This includes our discussion on the purchasing pathway. We hope this information will help you prepare for a successful home buying experience. Price is what you pay, value is what you get. Warren Buffett. Like what you hear? Follow us on your favorite podcast app and leave a rating and a review. I'm thankful for the excellent work of my producer, Stories and Strategies. I have one last request. Please share this episode with one friend. Thank you.